from the Brooklyn Paper Building in beautiful downtown Brooklyn, where apparently there's some scratchy noises happening, technical difficulties. I don't know what we're going to do about that. This is Brooklyn Paper Radio. It is Tuesday. It is around 2.30. It's around 2.30 it's on a when Tuesday. We do the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. Give or take a few minutes. Man. We got a lot to talk about on today's show. You I don't, don't even know where to start. Well, we'll start where we always start in a bit, but I, I always like to introduce <laughs> our guest, and I don't want the guest to say anything at this point in time, but I just want to like let the people know who's on the show. Who they can hear from soon, not yet. Not yet, but but momentarily. And and basically, our guest today is Sinjin Frizzell, and Sinjin Frizzell is trying to revive, I don't know if you're aware of this. You're probably not, Tone. Tell me. You're a youngin' from me. Westchester. A little you're further not an north, old school. I'm flattered. Are you I'm, not Westchester? I'm a little further north, but I'm flattered you think I'm that cosmopolitan. Are you upstate or downstate? Yeah, you would call it upstate. Oh, my God. Poughkeepsie. Oh, Poughkeepsie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Poughtown. Okay. Really? Yeah. Nobody's trying to revive anything there. I don't even know what you were going to say, but... Well, the point <laughs> is, I've been, I've been living in this great New York City of ours for my entire life. Yes. And one of my favorite restaurants when I was a kid growing up where I would get the turtle soup was Gage and Tolner. I remember you talking, writing about the turtle soup. I do that sometimes. Not long ago. I bring it up. Yeah. You know, turtle soup, a frog thing, legs. thing gone by. All things amphibian. <laughs> right? Cold-blooded. That's what, it, that's what it was all about. You're and a cold-blooded man. Sinjin is trying to, uh, he's trying to bring it back. He's working with some other uh, restaurateurs. Uh, and he's going to tell us all about that. He's going to join us in a minute. That's huge news. And tell us all about what's going to happen. At, it was featured in the New York Times this week. We'll get into that. I, we're tripping over ourselves this with is what happens to, do, to talk about. Yeah. Because there's so much. There's so much to talk about. We only have so much time. You're on vacation next week? I'm on vacation next week. You're on vacation the, the week following after that. Week. So there's a lot going on. A lot to say today before yeah. we go on it's hiatus. Just, it's just crazy. One of the things I, I will say is after last week's show, I received a lot of questions from listeners about um, how closely your life resembled a movie plot. Yes. You know, back when you had to go visit your wife in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And, and they were saying, that sounds like a movie. And I said, tell me about it. <laughs> they, they, they really said that. Yeah. So I had to explain that it was, in fact, your real life. Did I tell you about my fishing trip I went on? No. Did I explain that to you? Not no. We didn't you talk haven't. about that on no, you haven't. Well, what happened was I went fishing, but it was we were going shark hunting. Oh. Did I tell you this? That it's, did I bring it up? You brought. I think you brought. Bobby, it up. did we bring it up on air? I think week? you brought it up off My, air. We went shark fishing. Me. It was this guy. It was a friend of mine works over at uh, Woods Hole. Oh yeah, up, uh, up oh, on the Cape. Yeah, up on the Cape. I got the Woods Hole. It's where you take the ferry to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, oceanographic. He gave me this shirt, so it was him. And it was a, um, it was a, this this crusty old guy, mm. you know, like old time sailor, mm-hmm. right? And we were going out to, to catch a shark, because the shark was eating some people off the shores of our small town. I was Scary. a cop. Scary. I was a cop again. Oh, you were. It's still when you were a cop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was a cop, and they were. Uh, they, was, we had some attacks, and we had to go out and catch the, uh, catch the fish, and. And. Did, well, you clearly survived. Long story short, we got him. You got him. We got the him. The big one. But I had to swim in on these on these like barrels. Me and the guy from uh, Woods Hole. Oh my God. Yeah. It sounds like we swam life. in on barrels back in, and you weren't eating that shark when we were done with it because we blew it up. You just. But the crusty old guy who, believe it or not, survived the sinking of the Indianapolis, was on the boat with me. Survived no way. that. And then he survived this. No, life. he did not. No, oh, he did. He was eaten by the shark. Oh, the shark. They got him. May he rest. He in got peace. him. He was. He was a great man, but very thick-headed. 
I told him we needed a bigger boat. <laughs> I told him, and he did not Didn't believe listen. me. Didn't listen. This is what happens to me in my life. It, it literally, it could be on a movie screen. It could. It could. It, it could probably should. But might be rated R. Well, it violence. One time, I, I wanted to be when I was like very early on. I was in my teens, and I wanted to be a disco dancer. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was living in Bay Ridge at the time. And they got a big nightlife down there. Oh, back then, and it back was then huge. it was huge. There was right? this place called uh, Space Odyssey 2001 or something like that. Did you Odyssey 2001? I used to dance there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you would eat. You told me once you ate guys pizzas, I hung out with. like folded on top of each I, other or something. Two slices at once. That was the way you did it. Like you, who could think of that? Yeah, I would do that. And and I I also know a lot about the construction of the Verrazano Bridge. Well, that I know. Yeah. Because it's. I could tell you all about it one day. We'll sit down on the Belt Parkway, and we'll look up at the bridge, and I'll tell you all about it. I can't wait. Maybe we can broadcast. Possibly, we should do it from there. A live show. It would be fun. But enough about me, Tony. <laughs> enough about me and my life, which is you know it's it's a garbled mess in my head. It's a lot of vignettes, a lot of you know episodes. Yeah. Did you have a nice weekend? I had a great weekend. I um, what, oh, my sister got engaged. Wow! So it was a very celebratory That's a big weekend. One. Yeah, we 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 celebrated. How's over. the ring? It's beautiful. It's an emerald cut, large stone. Fits nicely on her finger. She's not a big jewelry person, but you know she wears pieces that stand out, and it's very classic, elegant, timeless. All those things that I think women want. I would. I don't know. I wouldn't know. Um, I don't know. I had it easy. Um, my wife just wanted a ring that her parents had. Oh, not an a heirloom, ring, like an heirloom diamond. So yeah, I didn't have to, but I bought the I bought the ring that that the diamond was then. Put oh, on. the the the. So I got off easy or whatever. Oh, so you just inherited the diamond and you had to buy the hardware sort of thing. Basically, that's how it works. Well, and you always worry simple. about that because you give the guy the diamond and you're like, well, what's he going to do with this? You know, right? And He's, you know, how do I know I'm getting the same diamond? Yeah, back? that's what I was going to say. How do you know what diamond you get back? I, you have to send you send an intern. All right. And they follow along. They're very busy yeah. around here, but that's something they're good for. Keeping on track of your diamonds. Of your diamonds. Yeah. You tra- but you have to trust the intern. And around here we trust them implicitly. As <laughs> listeners implicit. found out last week. Implicit trust in the interns. Right? They 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 teach us. I don't know. And I saw this weekend I saw the um I saw the Paul Rudd movie. Which one is that? The Paul Rudd Michelle Pfeiffer joint. Uh the Ant one. Ant Man, Ant Man, Ant Man, Wasp oh. Lady, and I saw it right, right here, beautiful uh, at the uh, Alamo Draft. House. Alamo Draft. House. I almost went. I wanted a friend of mine wanted to see Mamma Mia. Here we go again. And we, I don't know how much, um, how much. Oh, I forgot her name. Abba Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. How much is Meryl Streep in it? I I'm heard not she's sure. not in it that much. I I've only seen the trailers. I heard she's only in it for like a little while. It's like a little it's well, like a cameo. Uh, from what I understand, because if Meryl Streep's not in, I don't want to see it. Frankly, all I know is it's it's about her as a youngster, right? So I think it's a lot of well, maybe flashbacking. Yeah, there's lots which of makes sense. Stuff. Yeah, winner takes it all. I mean, the, Meryl can't carry every film. The winner takes it all, and Pierce Brosnan can't carry a tune. No, no. But he could carry a gun back when he was James He has Bond. a license to kill. Yeah, he has a license to kill. That's and thrill. And that's Not seeing, though. Yeah, so I saw, I did see the, the Ant-Man movie. And, and we saw it at the Alamo Draft House, and it was great. I really had a... I you liked the Draft House? Uh, I liked the Draft House. I liked the Unlimited Soda. 
Oh, that's a nice perk. Yeah, it comes with. I mean, it's like six. Did bucks. you get any of the fancy stuff or like a drink? No, we or? didn't get any food because the person I went with, one Gersh Kuntzman and his son Ben uh, Kuntzman. Oh yeah, with my boy. Uh, Vince. First time, long time. Yeah, we uh, we all went we all went to the movie, and you know Gersh was in between jobs at this point. He's still in between. No, no, no. Now he's got a job. Oh, he's. But he's, on Sunday he was still in between jobs. Oh, got it. Yes, yes, yes. Now he has a job, so, which is great. Yeah. So what happened was we. Um, we went there. He didn't want to order any food. So then he's like, afterwards, he's like, oh, you know what we'll do? We'll go downstairs to the, uh, the what's the thing in the basement there where they have all the, the old Reading oh, Market? Oh, Decal Market. Yeah, Decal Market. Yeah. So we went down to Decal Market. and we, A lot of food. Yeah, we got, um, but then Gersh didn't want to buy anything down there either. So me and my son ate by ourselves. <laughs> then we went back to Gersh's house, and we had ice cream, which was nice. That's, he was holding and out And I had cream. the, um, that scotch, that whiskey by, uh, who's the singer? Bobby Zimmerman. Oh, I've not. I've not tried it. Good. The Bobby Zimmerman whiskey is very good. Yeah, I don't have any of his albums. Whiskey's but good. You'll go straight for the whiskey. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I have one Zimmerman album live at the Gaslight that I got at like a Starbucks. Oh yeah, right, right at the counter where they peddle yeah. that stuff. I don't even know how it ended up in my in my. It uh, goes well with the latte. But I got it. Or an ice, an ice latte. I so throughout the land. True or false? Through our once between jobs friend, was was how maybe you connected with the man who is joining us momentarily. You're doing the transition in this again. Studio. See what he does. He does great transitions because we didn't even talk about the daily news. Oh my God! Speaking of, thank God he was out of that job. <laughs> yeah. One Gersh Kuntzman. Right. So with us today. As I mentioned before, is I'm going to say it again. It's Sinjin, which is spelled spelled oddly, correct? Yes. Now, how did that come about? I mean, we'll get into it. He's trying to reopen uh, the Gage and Colner, which was a legendary restaurant in downtown Brooklyn, one of the oldest restaurants for many years. I became familiar with it back when it was owned by one Joseph Kirko, who also oh. happens to own Marco Polo restaurant down on sure uh, down at in uh, Carroll Gardens. Yeah, down at uh, Court Street and Union. Yeah. Uh, also a nice little old school, like a nice, nice little old school place. But they don't like to be called old school anymore because now the sun's running and he wants to keep it new school. He's but he's if I'm them, I'm sticking with that old school vibe. Frankly, I feel like old school is you know a coveted school. I love it, you and know. it's not like and we're not talking about like a red sauce restaurant. We call it you know like, you know no, red sauce? it's 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 more elevated than that. Yeah, it's at Marco Polo. A matter of fact, we mentioned your your sister's engagement. When I got engaged, the place I took. My parents and my wife's parents was Marco Polo restaurant. Oh no way! Yeah, so you know, it had that kind of old talk school, about. Look at that transition. Fun school vibe, right? You can do it too. I can. <laughs> I try. You're better at it than me. Well, I mean, there's no doubt. All right. So what we someone's got to try to do something better than you. Now you can do everything. Here's what I want to know. Now there was a big story about this in the Times. You could look it up. Yeah. There's going to be a big story about it in the Brooklyn paper. And, and you frankly, should look that up. Frankly, the Times rarely beats us on things like this. Well, I very have a, rarely. I would. I have a question, a theory about that that I'll ask our our guest. You know, when we allow him to speak. But I want to. I want to welcome Sinjin to the show. Sinjin, welcome, and uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Vince. It's great to be here. See that? Now he doesn't just want to redo uh, or re reinvent or revive 
um, Gage and Tolner. Gage and Tolner. He's also the owner of uh, Fort Defiance. Yes. There we go. Fort Defiance in Red Hook. Yeah. Also a wonderful restaurant that, in fact, I did not take my parents and my uh, my wife's parents to. I believe because it was not open yet. You're off the hook there. I yeah. think. Yeah, I was. I, I, got, I got an out. But when, anniversaries. When did Fort Defiance open? Uh, 2009. 2009. And how are you guys doing over there? Doing great. Yeah, yeah we're having uh, the best year yet. Best year yet. Yeah, That's we're happy amazing. down there. At Fort Defiance. And there's a couple other restaurants I like down there. Down in, in the hook? Yeah, I like the little bar. What's the bar that you can get, like, cheap burgers? It's further down on Van Brunt. Closer to the, what do you call it? It's, it's, it's Not Sonny's. No, no, Sonny's we love. We R- saved love Sonny's. Yeah, do you know we saved Sonny's? You did? That's great. We played I'm a glad role. you did that. We played a role in saving Sonny's. We had on the, the honor, uh, what was her name? I forget her name. Oh my God! And when blanket, this yeah. was yeah, tuna, tuna. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when she was trying to, you know, we had her on the show twice, I think. Yeah. And we helped get the numbers up. And, well, that's uh, wonderful. And which is something you're trying to do. Look, it's another transition. This is something you're trying to do. Let's get back to let's let's. Get you're talking back. about uh, the ice house. That's where you go for the burgers ice and, the, house. and the beers. Yeah. Yes, ice and, house uh, late night. And uh, I'm going to make a, a transition here and say uh, the Good Fork restaurant is also fantastic. That's on uh, Van Brunt Street. And I'm uh, partnering with the owners of the Good Fork yes, to reopen Gage and Toller. Yeah. So, all right, you want to reopen Gage and Toller. Let's get into a little bit of the history of Gage and Toller. Now, I already told you it was more than 100 years old. Uh, it went went through some tough times, I'm guessing, in the 70s and 80s. And I don't remember if Joe Kierko reopened it or if he bought it. It was still open at the time. And he, he actually owned the building, the whole thing. Mm. Now, the cool thing about Gage and Tolner is it's one of the few buildings in New York City where the the interior is a landmark. Oh, Wow, yeah, that is rare. It is rare. It's usually just the exterior facade. Now, one of the things that's famous about it was its gaslight lights, its gas lighting. Like, they were, like, the guy would come in every morning and they would light the flames. Yeah. And that's how they would would light the place. I think it had regular lighting too, but the gas lighting was was very good. And it had the nice banquettes and very, very comfortable seating and obviously famous for its uh, turtle soup, which we wrote about even recently. Very, yeah. When trying, You can still taste it. When trying to uh, figure out why Brooklyn was so bereft of turtles. Except for the giant one that allegedly crawls through Greenwood. All the Gage and Tonal turtles were locally sourced. We did, we did some research into that. So, so, all right, going to so, be hard to bring back that menu. The item. place is the place was it was legendary, and unfortunately, now you want to talk about falling on bad times. It has been an Arby's, which was an yes. abomination. There was an abomination. It was a TGI Fridays, which may or no, may not be worse than no Arby's. better. Yeah, depending if you go on Sunday and you get the really cheap appetizers. I, look, sometimes some, maybe more of a more on the menu, but that's about it. Sometimes you know. You don't have any money, and you need someplace to go for for dinner on a Sunday or something. For like pig skins, there's, and yeah. There's it's you know sometimes you can't. Or that. I, apo- skins I apologize. Or whatever. I apologize that I admit that, but it's hey. true. All right, and uh, then it was a jewelry store. Uh, yeah, like a, a clothing and a jewelry store. Yeah, that was just a disaster. And now it's it's empty, but now it still says it still says Arby's. So tell me, how did you how did you end up doing this? How did this all come about? Yeah. Go. Well, uh, Gage and Tolner uh, is, you know, if you work in Brooklyn restaurants, you've heard about it. It's just an absolutely legendary place. I never got to go. I moved to Brooklyn in 99 and just didn't get my act together to go there before it closed in 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had heard, you know, the legend of the place. Um, My 
friend uh, Ben from uh, The Good Fork and I were downtown looking at a space where I was thinking about opening a bar. And um, we determined that this space was not going to work. But I really liked the neighborhood and I really wanted to be there. Um, the broker said, I've got something else that's a little different. It's around the corner. Let me show you. And she started to walk us over. And we started to head towards the Gage and Tolner building. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. Wait is a she going to show us Gage this, and Tolner? Yeah, is, this is this really happening now? Because I had gone by when it was a clothing store. And you could still see behind the clothes and behind like the false walls, you could still see some of the woodwork. You could see the bar with the marble top. You could see some of the details, but it was all, you know, it was all like hidden, you know, behind uh, right. stuff, mm. just tons of stuff. Because they couldn't touch that stuff when That's they right. came in. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody was checking on them, except for us, the Brooklyn paper, because we were very excited to make sure that Gage and Toner remained in its it pristine landmark, condition. Yeah, yes, it's landmark condition. But so what? So what happened? So we walk in the door, and everything is cleared out, and it's the beautiful restaurant it was always meant to be. There's no uh, tables or uh, chairs or anything, and the, and the gas lights aren't on. But it's like the first moment it was like walking into like a cathedral. It was mm. quiet. It was majestic. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, I was thinking about opening just like a little 40 seat uh, cocktail bar. Uh -huh. And Ben and I look at each other and we're just like, "Oh my god, wait we, a second, we're gonna have to do this." This is bigger, man. Now, how many how many uh, how many tables do you get in there now? I don't remember how big it was, but I don't remember it being like a giant restaurant. No, it looks bigger than it actually is because of all the mirrors. Mm -hmm. um, Amply like, mirrored, we say. Amply mirrored. mirrored. Yes. Go. Yeah, there's mirrors all over the walls, so it it appears to be a lot. Uh, Bigger, but you can only fit about a hundred people okay. in oh. uh, the dining room. Then upstairs there are two um, private dining rooms, which we will uh, reactivate. What kind of condition were they in? Did you um, there? They're in terrible shape. <laughs> you, can, you can see kind of the bones of it, but they weren't uh, landmarked. Just the oh, first floor. Got it. Right. So upstairs was kind of a cut into a hair salon, a nail salon, a tattoo parlor, oh and who knows what else was going on up there in the you know in the. The in the years, years. years. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're guessing things that we're not going to talk about on the air. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. This is a family broadcast. Right. All right, so you went upstairs, you checked it out, and you have, is there two floors above or one floor? Just uh, one floor. One yeah. floor with two rooms. Yes. That you could do, like, private dining rooms. So we're doing like uh, private uh, dining rooms upstairs and a little uh, cocktail bar. Now, you're saying that. we're doing. We're yeah. doing. You're saying, like, this is happening. But the, the yeah. impression I got from the from the from the New York Times article was, I mean, have you guys signed a lease? Are you ready to go? Or we, I know you're trying to raise some money to make this happen, and I think that's a great cause. That's yeah. why we have you on. We have not uh, signed the lease. Um, I spoke with a landlord yesterday. Uh -huh. um, it's it's so we haven't signed. We have the lease. We've uh, negotiated the lease, but we haven't signed it yet. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, the the uh, crowdfunding uh, campaign that we're doing now. As soon as that uh, completes, we'll we'll be ready to go. Now, this crowdfunding stuff, this is this is all the rage. It's very you know very hip right now. It's all the rage with the kids, the crowdfunding, you know. And I don't I don't quite understand it, but maybe you could you could you could fill me in here. Now, in the old days, you want to open up a restaurant, you got to go to a bank, right? And you got to yeah. say, hey, or, or investors. private investors, or, oh, private investors yeah. or a bank. Was a bank a private investor? I think technically it is, right? Yeah, it would I be. Guess, right? It would be considered it's like an institutional one. investor. Okay, okay. institutional versus private. So you would. So then you'd have to go and find private investors, and then those private investors 
uh, they're, they're, they might even have a say in how you go about doing things, right? That's right. Now, by using this crowdfunding thing, what are the benefits of that? Are there any? What, what you know? What, what and explain to us how it works. Well, there are a few. Number one, this this project is fairly big. Uh, the the total uh, budget of it is one point eight million dollars, is what we uh, figure. Mm -hmm. um, we're raising six hundred thousand of that on a platform called WeFunder, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to something like. Kickstarter, which people are pretty familiar with. That's the one I've heard yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. So those are um, like incentive base, like you donate to a project and they'll send you a t-shirt, a tote sure. bag, yeah. tickets to the show, whatever. Um, the way WeFunder works is it's it's you're actually making a small investment in the hope of earning a return on your investment. Okay. So it's, oh, it's, um, it's, you know, it's a public offering filed with the SEC um, and there's a contracts that are uh, legally binding for both of us mm -hmm. and so it's it's a way to sort of um, so it's basically buying stock in the company yeah it's sort of like that and, and is there a minimum amount that a would be investor a thousand dollars commit a, at least a thousand dollars got it so minimum thousand dollars gets you gets you invested now what what are you, like what's the I can't. I don't know what the payback's going to be. You don't know what the payback's going to be. No, What's I, the hope for like an investor to invest a thousand dollars? So the way that uh, we're doing it is we're we're offering um, the investors one point two five times uh, their investment. So so you earn your money back plus uh, twenty five percent. And for the early birds, the people that come in you know, on the early side, it's uh -huh. one point five x. Mm. That will be uh, paid through a share of the revenue, a four percent share of uh, the revenue. So essentially. For every dollar that we, you know, sell at the restaurant, four cents of that goes to the investors until they're paid back the uh, determined amount. And once they're paid back the determined amount, we go our separate it. ways. Yep. Okay, so it's not like you're buying stock in the company and you hold it for as long as in you want. No, you're 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 there until you reimburse what you've made. So the uh, the idea is, I give you a thousand dollars. I'm gonna, you know, and if I get in early, I'm gonna get back a thousand. I'm gonna get back fifteen hundred, depending on how quickly you guys are able to. To turn that around. Yeah, that's right. Now, when we I see how I did that math, Tony? I mean, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, My know. brain is still like 1,000. What? No. When we started the show, the the fundraiser, which kicked off, you were uh, Sinjin was saying 36 hours ago, was around 85 north of 85 thousand dollars. Wow. So when does that um, early so wait period? A second. Wait, wait, wait. This kicked off yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, thirty-six hours, and ago, we're at yeah. eighty-five thousand already. Yeah. So now you need you say minimum thousand. So that's at that's a, at the very least that's eighty-five investors. You did that math? No, that's eight hundred and fifty investors. See, that's better math, right? Yeah. See, that's why you Wait, do, did we the do math. that math. Did no, we it's we we. I think the total number of investors is something like around sixty-five now because some oh, people okay. put in more than a thousand. Well, we understand. I, well, I was saying the. If we the maximum, it on the minimum. Yeah. The maximum, I meant. See, that's that's the mistake. The it mode, was 85. You have to know the mode, the mean, and the median. If I, if I learned anything in, I think that was eighth grade algebra, mm -hmm. it's the mode, the mean, and the median. Right, Eric? Triple M. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just checking. I want to make sure he's listening. Sometimes we got to check on our producers because they fall asleep. Has the ability to get that 1.5... Uh, rate of return capped out then, or is there still time no, the, for people? The early bird phase um, extends for the first four hundred thousand dollars of investment. Okay, uh, early bird is four hundred thousand. So, which, and you're, you're trying to get how much? Eight hundred. Six hundred. Six hundred. Okay, I 
see. I'm writing all this down. You're yeah, doing more math mistake. over there. I'm writing it all down because maybe I'm interested in this. Yeah, well, you were looking at buying a house earlier. Maybe you can buy a restaurant <sighs> instead. Man. Listen, I'm thinking of buying a house. You into real estate? Um, <laughs> no, go ahead. All right, landmark <laughs> no, restaurant. No, it's a landmarked house. You're oh, buying wow. a okay. landmark restaurant. I'm buying. I'm looking at a landmarked house. All right, but it's like built in 1845. Is this a good investment or a bad investment? It's or should I invest in Gage and Tolner? It's in uh, New York City. It's on Staten Island. Yes, it is in New York City. In fact. On top of would a you hill. Put, would I'll, you? I'll put it this way. I think I think one of the reasons that a lot of uh, restaurateurs have passed on the Gage and Tolner space, because many of them have seen it, uh-huh. is that they, um, they're reluctant to deal with the Landmark Preservation Organization. Okay. So you're saying if I Landmark buy this... Preservation Commission. That's fine. If I buy the city. We, we just call it the city. Yeah. Because that's what you're dealing with. Oh. So... And let me just say, all of our meetings with the LPC have gone very well. Well, I would think the I LPC would, would want Gage and Tolner exactly so. to be a successful restaurant. Yeah, now, it. let's talk about Gage and Tolner for a minute. We'll get back to Reminisce. my house. We'll get back to my house later. Yeah. All right? It's not my, going anywhere. My, listen, all I'm saying is, Tone, I deserve a mansion. Yes or no? Yes, yes, yes. I deserve a mansion. Any, right? Absolutely. And this is a mansion at a good price. Makes it even more deserving. Yeah, just kind of in a kind of weird neighborhood. But yeah, but we'll get to neighborhoods it. change. So why do you think uh, Gage and Tolner will be successful? I will point out to you, young man, that Morton's the Steakhouse opened up right over here uh, less than ten years ago. I mean, it went belly up. That's a steakhouse. Now you're looking to do Cage and Tolner as a a the proverbial chop house. That yes, the, an oyster the, and a chop house. That's what it was, and that's and that's what it always should be. And uh, why do you think it's going to work now? Go. Well, primarily because um, of the way that downtown Brooklyn is changing and continues to change. Um, You know, there's a ton of residential and commercial development that's happening now in the neighborhood that wasn't here uh, 10 years ago. And uh, and we really like that. And... um, Downtown is becoming more of a, a destination. Like you saw a movie here at the Alamo Draft House, had a bite at uh, the uh, DeKalb Market. Yep. More people know where Fulton Street is, how to get there, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, it's becoming a real uh, destination in its own right. And um, I think that the neighborhood is, with all the people moving into the offices and to the residences here, I think the neighborhood is is underserved by restaurants where you can sit down and have a meal and a drink. Okay, that's an interesting point. Now, let me ask you the next question, which is why did it fail when uh, Caracol did it a few years back? I mean, it's it's a the restaurant business is very risky and very tough and there's a, a lot of things have to line up, you know, the right way for for uh, restaurants to succeed. Mm-hmm. I know just from reading uh, contemporary newspaper articles that you know, the owner thought that um, you know, the changing of Fulton Street to a, a pedestrian street mm-hmm. um, really hurt the business because he thought that people wanted to be dropped off by taxis right outside the door. That was one of the things. Well, uh, one of the things he had done, and he had an agreement with the city, was that you could come down Red Hook Lane in a car, and you could come around, and then he had... Um, he had like a uh, valet. He had a valet mm-hmm. there, and, you, and they would take your car to the maybe the Macy's parking lot or whatever it was at the time, and then they would come back. They'd bring it back to you. But that was like one of the deals that he had to work out with the city. Uh, because you're not supposed to drive cars down uh, Fulton 
uh, Fulton Mall. It's a car right, free, right, car free zone. But you can come down. Back then, you could come down Red Hook Lane, and this is what. Because believe it or not, I know I said we went to Marco Polo, but the first time when I met my in-laws before they before, before I proposed, you this is proposed. before anything. The first place I took them to was. Gage and Tolner. Yeah. And I had some friends from Manhattan, like they were coming to Brooklyn for the first time. This is in the late 90s, early 2000s. Obviously, we were closed in 2004, but uh, same thing. We took them to Gage and Tolner. You know, and they were like, of course. This is, this is fantastic. You know, but I think, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give my opinion on Say this. Say what you think. I'm the editor, right? Yeah. So I just think it, it was 10 years too soon. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. just, it was just too soon. And I even think Morton's was too soon. Mm -hmm. And I think the amount of, um, Residential development that's gone on just in the past ten years in downtown Brooklyn along Flatbush Avenue and, and all along here. You know, when when Metrotech, this building, the Brooklyn Paper Building, when it was built, um, this was a dead zone. When when you came here in 1985 through you know 2000 and probably then some, once you know once the business day was over, if you walked through Metrotech, it was dead. Yeah. There was nothing going on. Empty. It was. It was empty, and you didn't want to be here, you know? And now, with even the restaurants that have opened in Metro Tech, with, um, uh, what is it, La, La Defense? Yeah, La oh, Defense. yeah, La Defense. Yeah, you go, La Defense yeah. is, you know, the, the, the pasta place closes early and probably shouldn't. It, sh it should probably stay open later. Uh, and, you know, but you have uh, La Defense, you have the burger joint, um, Five Guys. Five Guys, you yeah. Have, what do you call it? And now, Chipotle. Like, after and then just off, side, off it, there's like the Circa Brewing. Like, yeah, know, Circa Brewing places. opened up over there on, on Lawrence. Lawrence Street. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's really changed a lot. And um, so, are we going, we're going high end? Well, I, I'd like to just, you know, uh, respond to something that you said yeah. first. The, the, um, what uh, you said, you, you met your your in-laws or your future in-laws for the first time at a Gage and Tolner. That's where you went out yes. to eat that night. I've heard versions of that story from like just about everybody who's lived in New York pre-2000 that right. I speak mm. to about this. Mm -hmm. Everyone went there for special occasions. It was the place where you went for like your anniversary, your parents' anniversary, your birthday, your bar mitzvah, your wedding before or after the wedding. Uh, when your little league uh, team won the uh, championship, they would take you out to uh, Gage and Tolner. You went there, you know, before your prom. Right. Mm. Um, it was. It just the had place to celebrate. Yeah. It just has. It has such a, sp a special place in the heart of so many Brooklynites. Um, you know, just hearing these, uh, you know, these memories of the place just makes me feel really great about the whole project. Well, there's always going to be that bit of uh, nostalgia when it comes to a place like like Gage and Tolner because. You know, I mean, my parents who grew up in Brooklyn certainly knew of it, and it was like it was the high end place. You had, um, you have. Uh, Didn't the waiters used to wear like wh white, you know, you know, all oh, white absolutely. coats? Yeah, are yeah. we are we thinking they wore a revival of that? They wore black jackets with like military oh, the stripes. insignia stripes for each year that they worked there. Right. Stars for every five years and eagles for every twenty five years. And there were guys there who had two eagles. There were people there that, that were there a long time. That was, you know, back in the day when a waiter was a waiter. That was your job, you know? Yeah. You did it proudly. Yeah. And you know, you they weren't, you know, actors or actresses, you know, in between uh shoots. Does reviving you know? it in you know, does that mean reviving all of that sort of pomp and circumstance or are you guys taking it, you know, a more contemporary route in well, terms of, or yeah. you're not even that far. Well, there's there are certain <laughs> things about. Just let them off the hook, Tom. Let them off the hook. <laughs> there are certain things about like the history of the place that we definitely want to, you know, 
pay respect to. I'm not sure what the jet, what the waiters are going to be wearing yet. Right. You haven't <laughs> but, gotten down that. But I mean, but the the main thing I've been doing is going to the uh, Gajan Tolner uh, collection at the Brooklyn Historical Society, and there there are boxes and boxes of documents there donated by the Dewey family. The Deweys uh, ran the place from 1919 to the 1980s, mm. um, and uh, the documents there are amazing. You know, all these old uh, newspaper articles, photographs, and it's just and uh, ledgers the, uh, from uh, the business from like the nineteen teens. It's re- it's really amazing. If well, I if I've learned anything, you know, in my time at the paper, when it comes to landmarked places, whether interior or exterior, you know, there are so many people who have such strong feelings about about these places, and and I gather that you know now that this news is out and it's it's only building. You know, there are going to be a lot of Brooklynites who come out of the woodwork and say, if it's coming back, it's got to come back the exact way we remember it. Yeah. And so how are you prepared to sort of engage with that crowd who, you know, if they're not already coming at you, I'm sure will, and and sort of convince them that, you know, your version of this restaurant in 2018 is is, you know, going to be incredible even if it's not the one that they reconcile you know that they remember yeah well um yeah kitchen uh, tiller is sort of a special place because if you go back and look at the menus from like the 19 teens um and then look at the menus from the 70s like they're very very similar i mean things that come and go and the prices obviously change but the format of the menu was basically unchanged for you know 60 75 years mm-hmm. and that's like it's un- unheard of now um, so Gage's did have a, um, it's a personality was one of, you know, not changing mm-hmm. that you could always go there and always be the same. Consistency. Consistency. Exactly. Consistency is key. Our guest is Sinjin Frizzell and he's trying to, uh, reopen with, with, uh, with a group of restaurateurs, popular Brooklyn restaurateurs, the world renowned Gage and Tolner restaurant on just Fulton blocks Mall, away, just blocks away from here. And he's going to, he's basically going to. And you can be a part of it. Yeah, you can. He's going to fix my heart, <laughs> Tony. Fix because that every heart. time I go by Gage and Tolner, my heart breaks a little bit more when I when I look at it. I'm listen. Our lines are open right now. If yeah. you want to give us a call, you want to talk to us, you want to talk to Sinjin. The phone number, of course, is seven one eight two six zero. Tease. No, I don't like tease because it doesn't go direct. Seven eight two six zero four five zero two. That's seven one eight two six zero four five zero two. So Gersh, if you're out there, give us a call. Or any Gage and Tolner fans who yeah. remember the restaurant and have any you know advice for Sinjin about embarking on this endeavor? Yeah, no, I think it's a I think it's a great thing. And again, you can go to uh, what's the website, Sinjin? GageandTolner.com. Well, GageandTolner.com tell you all about it and to help donate to get this thing going. And this isn't just a donation. I shouldn't say that to invest mm-hmm. in this uh, endeavor. You can do so. You can get in at the ground floor. Yeah. Now you're not gonna get any free meals, even if you're an investor. You still gotta go there. You gotta pay. You get an invite to the opening party. Ah, an invite to the opening party. And if you oh. invest at the five thousand dollar level, you do get a free uh, cocktail or glass of wine the first ten times that you come to the restaurant. See hey. now that's come that, on could, now. that could be worth something. That's and the perks get better as as the investment level goes up. Yeah. But the perk of bringing back a beloved institution is priceless. Some might say. Well, wouldn't you like to go there, Tony? Now I would. About you know, it? the one thing I was going to say, I, you know, I'm ha- The one reason I'm happy I never went there is because my heart doesn't break every time I walk by it, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine how that feels. Painful. But yeah, I do want to go. 
painful. Mend that heart. Mend it, please. Um, yes, we will try. We will try. What? Um, so, you know, obviously this, I, this plan has been in the works far longer. Also, I feel the same way about the Wiz. So if you want to reopen the Wiz, <laughs> I appreciate One that, One thing at too. a time. Yeah. <laughs> Not landmarked. Um, you know, this they is still got those IMAX on them. <laughs> this old IMAX, the old bulbous IMAX. Oh, yeah, like the on colorful one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on, they're on the one. The Wiz. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, sorry, Tom. No, I was just gonna say the plan. I mean, I've obviously been in the works for more than the 36 or 72 hours that it's been in the in the public domain. Um, you know, was it was it hush 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 until the Times came out? I'm assuming maybe there was an exclusive there, which is why you didn't turn directly to the Brooklyn paper. There was there was an exclusive there. Okay, yeah. so there how did, you go. But how'd they know? But did you guys know somebody over there? Um, the writer Robert uh, Simonson and I um, know Full each disclosure. other from the yeah. uh, cocktail world. He ah. writes about drinks for the Times, and I write about drinks for Men's Journal and other uh, magazines. That's great. Who was who's responsible? Because I think it's your place and others uh, for for the for fixing the ice in in cocktails. <laughs> There was a big yeah. story about it many years ago in, I think, The Atlantic. Uh-huh. And it was about how, you know, what happened for many years, there were ice-making machines in restaurants that make really bad ice. Mm. And if you want to have a cocktail properly, you need to have the proper ice. And that's why now, when you go into a place like, I think, Fort Defiance has, has mm-hmm. these things, right? Yeah. You, when you order a cocktail on the rocks, there might be one giant chunk sure. of like yeah. old school ice. Am I, am I right? Well, yeah, we use uh, one-inch uh, cubes, but they're still much bigger than you find at other restaurants. Right. The, like the, you know, those ice machines that were in the pizzerias when I was growing up, yeah. the Chinese restaurants like when I was growing up. That like the, the ice open. is almost hollow. And the problem yeah. with that ice is it, it'll ruin the cocktail because the ice melts so quickly, yeah, and it's it watery. waters down the cocktail. And you know your you, stuff, Vince. I, I read it all in the Atlantic that many years ago. That And when once I read it, that's when I... And I'm telling you, the first place I went... What was the other... It was on... It was probably Fort Defiance. There was... Was there another cocktail lounge like near Fort Defiance on uh, that that closed? No, oh, I don't man. think so. It was, I forget. You know, I, I've been to lots of bars, yeah. and drank lots of alcohol, yeah. And you see what happens. It you don't remember it all. I can't remember everything. I think I've heard alcohol has that effect. Yeah, unless it's consumed with the right ice. <laughs> that could make it worse. I think. I don't well, know. That's true because you keep know. drinking it. it, it it's less. Do we have down. plans for the ice at Gage? I, I actually do have big, big ice plans. <laughs> See, <laughs> I got my finger on the pulse yeah. of this whole Gage and Tony thing. Tell us about the ice plans. Well, I, I'm considering <laughs> getting. Uh, there's a machine uh, manufactured by a company called Kleinbell, which makes like enormous, um, you know, blocks of ice that weigh like hundreds of pounds. Yeah. But you can do ice sculptures with them. Uh-huh. You can carve them into small cubes. You can carve them into you know because you, you if want. you're doing oysters and stuff, you want to have ice around. You right? want to have a variety of ice. Okay. You want the 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 Scotsman ice, the pebble ice, the hospital ice. You want that. You want um, you know big cubes, small cubes, and maybe giant cubes too, okay. and lots of shaved ice for the oysters and stuff. So when this thing makes these giant, it, like, it makes like how big are these ice cubes? Um, multiple hundreds of pounds. I want to say like 400 pounds. Piece. And you could like I set could be it, wrong about you could that. set it to different sizes or something? It's, um, like, it's like a maker? Uh... I'm just getting into this now. There are other people out there who know much more about this ice machine than I do. <laughs> it's so. like one of those. But it's something that's on my mind. It's, it's like, like one of those 3D store. printers. Oh, yeah. It's like a 3D printer of ice machines. Yeah. That would be cool. Can you make a gun? Oh, man, that, that would be, be really cool. 
Somebody make that three D three D printer ice machine. And just have them all come out. They could be and then shaped, come sell it to shaped me. like yeah. swans. Absolutely! Oh my god, this is a great idea. This I is a great know. idea. This is why we need to get together and get into business. This is what we have to do. I, like I, might, I might just invest. I, listen, that's going to be the next uh, we funder that we do. <laughs> yeah. The 3D printer ice machine. This is the greatest idea. You heard it here first. It's happened. We've we've done it again. Brooklyn Paper Radio is where, you know, dreams are realized and where they begin um, or, you know, come to fruition, as we found out. Shrimp cocktail. Yeah. On ice or just on the plate? I think it's going to be in a a glass, right, with the shrimp hanging off the Mm. glass. Okay. Yeah. Here's you don't the, want the shrimp to get wet. Here's the problem I have with those shrimp cocktails. They serve you on ice. You ever get the shrimp yeah. cocktail and it's like in a, on a, it's like all of it's in ice? Yeah. The shrimp is too cold. I don't like you don't like shrimp. Like I don't shrimp. mind it a little chilled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like it freezing cold where you bite into it and you basically your tongue you can't taste it because now your tongue has been affected by that frozen shrimp. It's that's all on it there. feels is the. The temperature. I'm, see, that's that's the way I am. I don't like a shrimp cocktail that's served on ice. I like it served, you know, with the uh, with the cocktails. Cocktail sauce in the middle. Yeah, the shrimps on the edge. Shrimps on the edge. And they got to be jumbo shrimp because I told you I went to this place in uh, in uh, Cape Cod mm-hmm. and I ordered the jumbo shrimp and it was not jumbo. Not shrimp. big at all. No, it was tiny shrimp. It was shrimp shrimp. <laughs> not jumbo shrimp. Shrimp shrimp. Shrimp shrimp. Not jumbo shrimp. They jumbo. got their priorities wrong up there shrimp. in Cape Cod. Jumbo, shrimp. This is shrimp shrimp. You get this? Did you send it back? Uh, is this working I get for the you? shrimp shrimp. You getting the joke? Yeah. Okay. Shrimp shrimp. Shrimp shrimp. Not jumbo shrimp. Now, why wouldn't you Maybe just it call it? Shrimp. Why wouldn't you just call it shrimp? <laughs> well, then it doesn't work with jumbo shrimp. <laughs> it's a little redundant. I don't know. You want to talk about the food at uh, Gage and Tolner? Let's do you that. You know, the turtle soup that uh, you mentioned earlier, that's going to be on the menu. It's got to be mock turtle soup. Okay. You can't really do turtle soup anymore. They're Why not? Extinct. Uh, they're difficult. It's difficult to source responsibly mm. turtle meat. Mm-hmm. But you know what they did in the uh, on the whaling ships, right? Um, they, well, I don't know. They would go down. These are the whaling ships. They'd leave Nantucket, right? And they would go down to the Galapagos Islands, uh-huh. and they would just, the turtles just walking around. And they're giant. They would gi- and they would take 100 turtles. Is that true? Put them in the, in the in the in the hull of the ship, yeah, right, and the turtles would stay alive. You didn't yeah. have to feed them; they would stay alive for months, and you didn't have to put water down there, nothing. So you always had fresh turtle, and that's how they survived. Huh? Yeah, and that, that's oh, why that's how the sa- the sailors would just eat the turtle. Yeah, wh- because the they whalers. always had they had fresh meat. Yeah, if you want a bite to eat? You just go downstairs. They would and go downstairs, kill a turtle, make a turtle soup or turtle. I don't know what a turtle dumplings. Tur- yeah, turtle. I don't know. Fried turtle. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not fried. So turtle soup, Jumbo a turtle? version of turtle soup you're yeah. envisioning. What what other classics? So wait, frogs what you, legs. So what do you use instead of what do you use instead of turtle? You'll have to talk to the chef about that. I will work it out. Okay. okay. So, I'm sorry she's not here. I'm just the drinks guy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to frogs legs. So how's that work out? Because Bobby, our our, uh, our producer here, he's like, hey, I read they're gonna have frogs legs. That intrigues me. I've never heard of such a thing. You know, because he's a kid. <laughs> you know. So tell us about the frog legs. Well, frogs it, have legs. Well, you have to yeah. get around. Does it? it. You got to talk into the microphone, Bobby. How many times? It's it's right there. So what were you gonna say, Bobby? I've never heard of frog legs on a menu at most oh. restaurants. At most, he's never seen so it on a menu. It's I'm uncommon. Very intrigued. How old are you, Bobby? Nineteen. He's nineteen. Hmm. I remember seeing them on the average age of the combat soldier in World War II was twenty-six. In Vietnam, he was nineteen. I'm just 
pointing that out. So, but Bobby, you know, has not seen frog legs. Tell us about your frog legs. Do they taste like chicken? Again, that's another <laughs> question. I, you know, I haven't had them in, um, you know, 30 years. It's just something I remember being on menus at fancy restaurants when Back I was a then. kid. Is it, is it a French thing? It's a French thing. It is yeah. a French yeah. That's what I said to Bobby. Did they, yeah. did, did and they, were, they were on the menu at a Gage and Did they? Did it serve escargot? Yes. They served that. They served Welsh rabbit. Mm-hmm. They served uh, Scotch woodcock, which was a version of Welsh rabbit. It's like a wait a um, second. Is yeah. a woodcock like a possum? What is that? I think it's a bird, but oh, it's, it's that, the, but okay. the the name has nothing to do with the dish. I was just I was just looking this up <laughs> the other day. They had chops. They had lobsters. They had oh they had oh, roasted clam bellies, and if, Ooh, if clam bellies, yeah. yes, I've never heard. I thought of that. we need a well, clam eat the whole thing anyway. Was a terminology that they invented at a at Gage and Tolner. Tolner, but it, it was like the soft part of the cl- the clam, like a cherry stone clam without the foot, and they would cook those and they cook them like 15 different ways. Wow, clam bellies. Th- th- that was the that was the dish that got written up most often. If you read like the reviews from like the 50s and 60s, mm. it was the roasted mm. clam bellies. All right, so I got a question for you. Because yeah. this is something that's been bothering me for about 5 years. Mm-hmm. All right? You're in the restaurant business, right? You guys yes. sell crab? No. Does anybody you know sell crab in the yeah. restaurant business? Okay. I see crabbers in the harbor. Mm. Crabbing ships in the harbor, okay. off the Belt Park, where you drive up by the Verrazano Bridge and by uh, and by the uh, Statue of Liberty, and they're yeah. crabbing ships, and they're out there crabbing. Okay, who's buying those crabs? Is that is that locally sourced crabs that's showing up in restaurants in Brooklyn? Is that the ultimate locally sourced food? I you, ask the you, tough you, questions. You can eat it according to the state. You can eat one, no, up to six a week. Is if it, you're a man, I believe, older. Or younger, a man younger than fifty, or a non-pregnant woman. Well, there you go. You're not serving crabs. So you're off the hook. Right. But are, are, do you know about crabs from I New York City Harbor? No, I don't know anything about. Because you're not buying crabs. I know anyway. that uh, Gage and Tolner used to source their uh, the oysters from very close by. Well, mm. you know the Raritan oyster. You were familiar with the Raritan oyster, the history of Raritan Bay in New York City. I know Raritan Bay very well. Raritan Bay was famous for its Raritan, Raritan oysters, which were world renowned. They were some of the largest oysters in the world, and they were very popular up until the early 1900s when pollution in the harbor basically killed everything. But the Raritan oyster was, and they're always trying to reintroduce oysters into into the harbor, into the Gowanus Canal, into, yeah, because they're they're, into they're Coney natural Island they're Creek. natural filters. Yeah, they're a natural filtration system. Yeah, we they, c- it could source its oysters locally again if they pull off one of these, you know. Schemes in one of I don't know polluted waterways. I don't like to swim in those waters either. No, but you could. I don't like to swim in Coney Island. I like to swim in the ocean. Oh, here's in uh, nineteen nineteen, which is the earliest uh, menu I've been able to find. Uh They had twenty four preparations for Saddle Rock oysters. Saddle, Mm. which were from uh, Long Island, like not really not far from here. Yeah, but they were also very very big oysters. The big they were the big oysters. You like oysters, Tony? I'm not an oyster fan. I like, yeah, I, I do like a good oyster. I didn't know scallops. A good dozen. I didn't know scallops were clams. Like scallops are oh, like I clams, didn't know right? Aren't they like a clam? They're both bivalves. Like it's a, yeah, they're, like they're, I didn't know that. Shell. Like in a shell. I just oh, thought yeah. a, I thought a scallop because they're so big. There's the sea scallops, not the bay ones. I don't eat the bay ones. The sea scallops are like big and like I thought they were like some kind of shrimp, and I was eating them for years. Oh, I yeah, never, no. I never knew this. No, they it, come I, with that fan-shaped shell. I've yeah, never seen the shell because every time I order shell. scallops, I order you know I order like sautéed scallops or something mm-hmm. like that, 
And it's just the scallops. It's the, you know, and they look like little, I don't know. You never I, got like a cookie Saint-Jacques where they, they uh, bake them in I the don't speak scallop German. I do not my, speak uh, German. I, I don't know what he's saying. My, well, no, my, it's funny you mentioned that. My boyfriend's father, he used to work at a Brooklyn restaurant called Joe's Place in Clinton Hill. Um, and he would eat at Gage and Tolner and once told me, or several times has told me how much he liked it. Anyway, he makes a version of coquille Saint-Jacques every Christmas. And he has shells that he mm -hmm. serves There you on. go. It's delicious. Will you be serving that? I don't know. We don't know yet. We do have a sample menu on the website if you want to check it out. Oh, exciting. We can do it. You can go to the website. Cookie says Jacques is not put there. Put that up. It is www.gagetolner.com. You could go there right now. You could check it out. You could help out launching the revival of Gage and Tolner. Now, what's next for you? After Gage and Tolner, we're going to make that happen. Are we going to go and redo Lundy Brothers? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, if that's if that's what happens, you know, that would be the building's still wild. there. It, that that building is landmarked as well, but not the interior. Gage and Tuller is a big project, and it's one that you know I'm very I'm very emotionally invested in, and um, as I am too. I'm looking forward to spending the next 20 years of my life in that building, and that's. And then that's it. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, and then you're going to switch to decaf coffee. That's and it. Just let <laughs> yeah. everything go. I understand. Is there? Is there? Because sometimes with these, uh, with crowdsourcing, there's a time frame in which you need to collect all of the donations. Is there any sort of time frame on this endeavor, or is it open ended? We've got three months to raise four hundred thousand, which is a two thirds of what we hope to raise. But um, yeah, we we would need to raise four hundred thousand in order to complete that round of investment got in it. three months. Got it. We got to get it done. We yeah, get, we, we got time. I mean, time flies so fast. But I I mean, 36 All hours All this happens, in, you, you, you meet your goals, when you open it? Um, I think about a year from now. One year from oh. now. That's when me and Tony, with our investment... Um, coming in for one of those coming free Coming to cocktails. the opening party. We, yeah. get our, we, get our, yeah, we, we go to the party, and then we step, every lunch we go out and we get yeah, our Yeah, I'm down. You I, know, the, uh, the, uh, the cocktail bar upstairs is going to be a really... Sweet spot to hang out too. Oh wait a second. Yeah, I thought there were just rooms upstairs where they were going to have like, yeah private two private, uh, dining, private dining rooms and like a thirty seat like bespoke cocktail bar. I love the word bespoke, the, the, but it the makes establishment me think of bicycles. you originally wanted to open when you were looking. That's for right. Spaces. Exactly right. That's called uh, the Sunken Harbor Club, which is the name of uh, the weekly uh, tiki party that we do at Fort Defiance on Thursday nights. The Sunken Harbor Club will be its own brick and mortar institution now above. Uh, Gage and Toller. We'll serve like cool uh, tropical drinks back there. Got the window? Which side? The front or the back? No windows for uh, Gage and for uh, the uh, Sunken Harbor Club. It'll be in the back, like a classic uh, tiki bar. No windows, just okay. completely right. transported right. in its own way. Wow. Have you ever been to um, uh, Jade Island on Staten Island? I have, yeah. See? Yeah. You know why I brought yeah, that cool up? Cool spot, then? yeah. Crazy. Tiki bar? It's very funny. I think I've actually talked about it on the air before. And Susan Weiss, one of familiar. our listeners, Susan Weiss gets very upset when I talk about Staten Island. But I can't help it. I grew up there. Jane Island opened up when they they opened up. A, there used to be like a there used to be a a, a drive-in theater. And they knocked down the drive-in theater and they bought they built one of the first like strip malls, right? Okay. And it had a Kmart and a Pathmark, and then it had a bunch of restaurants, but just strip. And Jade Island was like, it looked like a regular strip mall, but then you got to Jade Island and it has this weird brick face on it and all this stuff. And you walk inside and it's like walking back in time because you're walking into like one of those tiki, you know, um, Polynesian style yeah. Chinese restaurants that's from the, the 60s and 70s when they were popular. And 
it's it's fan- they have the blowfish as uh, I think you have talked about. Yeah, this, they so. have blowfish as, as as lights. Yeah, as lights. Oh it's God. it's very it's very funny. But it's a strip mall. You wouldn't even you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. No, but that's but when he said that, it, like, oh yeah, no, it's like a typical Polynesian. Your mind went to Jade bar. Island. That's good yeah, because there's no windows. It's yeah. very dark and it's you know and they they have all the crazy drinks and the headhunter, uh, you know, and the headhunter cups and stuff like that, mm. and always with the umbrellas. You know about the umbrellas? Oh yeah, of course. I actually have a a shot glass full of umbrellas in my kitchen drawer. Oh, they I just need a windowless room. That's all you need. Yeah. And you could there you could I've set got that my up. own tiki bar. Wow. Hey, are, can I donate umbrellas instead of uh, money to <laughs> well, the fundraiser? We're di- we're g- you mean can you invest your umbrellas? Yeah, can I invest my paper earn, umbrellas? You could earn umbrellas back Fair on enough. your umbrella investment. Fair enough. Well, this is very very exciting. So, our guest once again is Sinjin Frizzell. He is uh, working on reopening uh, Gage and Tolner, the the uh, historic restaurant in downtown Brooklyn, downtown Brooklyn's historic restaurant. And it, it's been closed yeah. now since 2004. Four, yeah. 14 years. And uh, it's gone through a lot of, you know, there's been, li- it's, it's been, it's been ugly. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. It was terrible to go into Gage and Tolner to Gage and Tolner and get a Arby's roast beef sandwich. That was not fun. What, 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 what was worse, walking by when it was an Arby's or walking by with nothing in it? I got to say, the Arby's sign still dry, it's still there. Right. The Arby's sign We're drives me nuts. Everything about it drives me nuts, and it's just a shame. And I'm glad there's guys like Sinjin around that, that appreciate this stuff and, and want to go about it and, uh, and, and solve this problem. Yeah, no, I... Because it is a problem. And like I said, you know, times change. Times change, and I think the time has come for Gage and Colner, Gage and Tolner to make its uh, historic and uh, long-awaited, long-awaited yeah, return. And yeah. and also, you know, for a new generation of you, know, you guys are both talking about the development that has sprung up here over the last ten years. Think of all the new Brooklynites who you know never had those experiences, those memories, those anniversaries. They get to start their own. You know, if and when this time next year the doors are open mm-hmm. and you know they're the revolving in. door swings yeah. once again swings spins, open again. spins once again right filling their bellies with clam I bellies i like the fact that uh, the restaurant you know a- attracted people from all walks of life in brooklyn it wasn't just one type of oh, no. person who went there it was literally everybody 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 and what if you stand on the corner of a uh, j street and fulton now and see everybody walking by it is like it is just a kaleidoscope oh, of yeah. the people that you know that live and work in this town, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're really looking forward to getting them all back in there. Well, we uh, we wish you luck. Yeah, uh, I want to mention and the website. The website again is www.gageandtolner.com. Uh, you can invest in this uh, in this endeavor. Yeah, and get out there and do it, and help uh, bring back a beloved business. I will go into any restaurant to this day that has a sign outside in neon that says "Steaks and Chops." I will, I will go into the restaurant yeah. no matter what. I don't even know what chops are, frankly. What, what, are, what the hell are chops? <laughs> I think on the old uh, menus, they would refer, you know, th- it, could be a, it could be a veal chop, a beef chop, a mutton chop, a pork oh, chop. Oh, a mutton. Yeah. Mm. You know you who know, has the mutton? I've never had a mutton chop. No, I've had the mutton at um, the pipe one, the one with all the pipes in it uh, in Manhattan. Keens. Keens. Oh, Keens. Keens is a great chop steakhouse. Keens Chop yeah. House. I've had the mutton at Keens Chop House. That's a great. That is a great place. Well, there is a great big bar. difference at the time between what a chop house meant and what a restaurant was. A mm-hmm. restaurant was a little fancier, you know, fancier preparations, 
fancier service, whereas a chop house, you know, had a sense of warm hospitality, but wasn't fancy, and the preparations were very simple. Hmm. It was honest food. I think Keene's, up until like the 60s or something, there were no women allowed. I think it was like something like that, too. It was like, Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But Keene's was one one of the survivors... You know, in Manhattan, there was a time in Manhattan there really just weren't that many steakhouses anymore. You had the Palm, mm-hmm. and you had um, Old Homestead. Oh, Old Homestead. I went last year. Mm. Every year, that's, that that's on the West Side, right? In mm-hmm. yeah, in uh, on like Ninth Avenue. Or Every year, uh, me and my buddy Billy and my dad go to a Yankee game, and after the Yankee game, we always go to a, a steakhouse. And we've been doing this now probably for more than ten years. Mm. We go to one game during the year on a Saturday. And we had out last year. We did Old Homestead. My dad refuses to go to uh, the Brooklyn Steakhouse. Um, really? Oh, uh, Peter Luger. Luger's. My dad refuses to go to Luger's because, and I lo- and I love Luger's. He refuses to go because he says he he doesn't like to go to a restaurant, pay top dollar, and be treated like uh, like shit. Is is his expression? He thinks that the that the um, the wait staff there is not. Friendly, well, because it's, part it's of their, too much of it's, a. It's part of their shtick, but he's like, no, I'm not doing it. He refuses to go. And I'll tell you something: they put that steak for three in front of you, and you're like, I don't know how we're going to eat this thing, but you do. You yeah. do. You you eat the whole thing. <laughs> Getting hungry. Well, that, right? I don't know how you do it. That's <laughs> fantastic. So, uh, yeah. So those are your big ones. You got Luger's. You got uh, you got Juniors. These are like famous. I'm thinking of famous mm, Brooklyn mm-hmm. restaurants that we can't actually revive because they still exist. They're still around. Gargiulo's out in Coney Island. Of course, yeah. Which for years we called Gargiulios. For no other reason. Growing up, we all called it Gargiulios. My grandmother used to have, um, she used she ran a uh, a tassel shop. They used to make tassels. Probably spoke about this on the air as well. And every year, her Christmas party would be at Gargiulios for all the women that worked there. It was one of the funniest things you'd ever ever see. It was fantastic. She had a tassel shop on New York Avenue. It's still it's still zoned as industrial tassel shop. The tassel Tassels, shop. you know, like a tassel, like a curtain tassel. Yeah, those two. Yeah. yeah, those two. <laughs> put that on. Put that up on the screen, <laughs> Johnny. You got that? Show that. Yeah. So you used to go to Gojulos. That was uh, that was always a good time. Lundy's is gone, so we'll have to bring that back next. One at a time. And uh, what's our other big rest? I love Queen on on Court Street. That's old school. Well, yeah. the one. Uh, what's it called? It ha- if it hasn't closed already. Which I think it has Montero's. Did um, Montero's close? The one, no, the one, it cl- like a couple of months ago, we reported on it. And why can't I think of the name? It's been in Brooklyn Heights for like eighty-two years. Um, you, I was away, so you edited the story. I edited the Montero's. Story. You, yeah. yeah, you got it right. Yeah, yeah no, but Montero's is on Atlantic Avenue. It's on Atlantic Avenue, yes. Yeah, but it's up, isn't it? Not on no, it's not in Brooklyn. Oh. Well, it's it's a kind of Brooklyn Heights. Okay, you know, but Montero's closed. No, I would have wrote about that. I would have remembered that. I'm pretty sure. No, it's not Montero's. No, I used to love Montague Street. Brennan and Carr. Oh, uh, Brennan and Carr, also very good. Yeah, that's a good place. That's a good roast beef place. Old school stuff there. That's good. I like it better than Roller Roaster, frankly. Mm-hmm. Frankly, if I'm going out to Sheepshead Bay, I'm getting roast beef. I'm going to Brennan and Carr. Sorry, I'm you pulling know. this up. He's going to pull it up because we're about out of time. But I but I want to get on the record. It maybe not. We need to get that. it on the record. Oh, Armando's. Oh, Armando's. That's on, what yes. it was called. Yes. Armando's was Armando's. They Sorry, the, Montero's. Armando's. Montero's is still there. They had the lobster. I got they the had O's. The, Montero's had the uh, Armando's had the lobster sign. The neon lobster. Yeah, sign. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
something about neon sign steaks and chops and all that stuff. You're gonna it's have a making neon me s- hungry. Is what can it's you have doing. a neon sign? What can you? What, what's the old signage at Gage and Tolmer? Well, there's the the Arby sign used to be a, a Gage and Tolmer sign, so and that'll it, be the main signage. And it had the old school um, typeface yes. and everything. I, so I, I, we're going to restore that certainly. Okay. Um, as far as getting permits to put neon signs in the window, highly unlikely. But uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Listen, you, you can push a little bit. You know, with yeah. these, you can push a little bit. They're not. Well, we have the we have a big light up sign. I mean, the sign is two stories tall. Right. So. Right. Well, and the acting uh, chief commissioner is is from Borham Hill, so maybe you Great. can kind of persuade him or her because I can't remember their gender, but so close. You know, maybe they'll let you get away with some stuff. Okay. Well, this is very exciting. So it's again, very exciting. It's making me hungry. And it's. Well, you know what? Tonight, you know what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing. You ready? I got to go. We got to get out of here because I got to go because I got to pick up the boy at camp again. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. Can't he drive yet? No. He's I'm he's kidding. 11 and he could barely reach the pedals. But if he could reach the pedals, I'd have him drive. You let him drive. It's ridiculous at this point. Just don't let your mom teach him because I heard sometimes no, but she doesn't keep her hands on the wheel. No, no, no. She's looking in all different directions. <laughs> the point is I'm going to my mom's house and what are, what are we having for dinner tonight? I should know, but I'm not going to guess it. Meatloaf. Ooh. Meatloaf. On the menu? Baked potatoes. Uh, not on the not on the menu we have on the website, but you never know. Got you it. never know. No, meatloaf's a nice comfort food. Yeah. So I'm going to my mom's, meatloaf, some sort of vegetable, mm-hmm. and uh, a starch will be a, a baked potato. She likes to make baked potatoes. Classic. Yeah. She's not going to do She's not gonna do the, the mash. Usually we would have mash, mash. with mm-hmm. meatloaf. And I feel like gravy. baked is a summer uh, for some reason. I don't yeah. know if you put the butter in the middle. Listen, I just look forward to going to Gage and Tolner and getting. What was it? Do we know what the um, traditional steak at Gage and Tolner was? If you were getting, was it a filet mignon? Was it a New York strip? What was it? I think it depends on the time that you went there. The menus that you looked at, though. What, what did it say? Um, there were there were a lot of cuts. I mean, I think honestly, I think the mutton chop was was really, really popular. And you're gonna have the mutton? I w- really want to do a mutton chop. Yeah. Oh man, nobody does the mutton anymore. Your mutton. You're, you're, you a mutton, your you're, mutton a, you're a mutton. You're a mutton for punishment. A mutton for punishment. <laughs> there you go. A mutton for punishment. If it's bad, mutton good is happening on the air right now. That's a problem. If like for reviews, if if the mutton goes bad, yeah, there's just so, you're the, a mutton for punishment. You've already written the lead. We have the headline. Yeah, or the headline. <laughs> Gage and Tola's mutton just doesn't do it for us. <laughs> well, I don't know that we would write that. We'll have to see a year from now. Well, it all depends on 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 uh, how we how we set up that review. We got you know there's rules and regulations. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, we would never say when we're coming in. No, of course not. That's um, it. All right, so we have to thank our guest for taking the time, Sidney yeah. Pizzell. He's uh, he's the owner of Fort Defiance in uh, Red Hook, and obviously the chief drink master over there. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna head over there. If I were to go there uh, for a cocktail. Just to cool me off before mm. I go home. Yeah. What what am I getting? What's your favorite cocktail? Don't go tonight. We're closed on Tuesday nights. But get a well, get a Tom Collins, man. Just a Tom mm. Collins. Yeah, straight just get up. A Tom Classic. Collins. You know they're great in the summertime. A Tom. That and we make them really refreshing. I don't know why right they now. taste so good at Fort Defiance, but they really do. It must be that ice. That ice. <laughs> the ice is fantastic. That, that ice. And he and he and uh, some buddies are going to be working on uh, reinventing uh, Gage and Tolner. We wish him the best of luck. If you guys want to be invest in that, you can do so. At www.gageandtolner.com right now. Check it out. I love it when they see they're trying to bring the music up. Look at them. They're Producers working hard. You see the work. sweat coming off there because they know I'm closing. There it is. 
And I want to so I want to thank Sinjin Fazel for coming on. I want to thank Tony. We're off for the next two weeks, Tony. We'll be gone. We'll miss you guys, but we'll be back in August with some great guests. We will be back, but we will not be back with Bobby, our producer. Bobby, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. You can say you're welcome. Including Usually, leaning into the microphone when you speak. Typically, it's, you say you're welcome. There you go. And uh, Go try a frog leg. Yeah. And <laughs> we will see you uh, in a couple weeks. On see you in August. On Brooklyn Paper Radio. Goodbye. Thanks.